evening and a big welcome uh, to everyone this evening. Uh, it's great to see uh, so many people out as we uh, start our series of Christmas events and uh, we celebrate uh, the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, perhaps you're a regular here in church, you're very welcome. If you're a visitor and have come along uh, with a friend or a family member or have just come across an invite uh, to uh, this, this service, you're uh, extremely welcome with us. Perhaps it's your first carol service ever, and if that's the case, uh, you're especially uh, welcome. I will uh, tell you about various things that are happening over the next couple of weeks as we uh, come up to Christmas, and you're, you're very welcome to come along uh, to any of those uh, services. We're going to start um, by singing uh, together a, a, a nice uh, Christmas carol, and it's Glorious Light, and we'll stand uh, to sing. time uh, together to God in prayer. Let's, let's pray together. Father, uh, this evening uh, we have come to think about uh, the gift, the gift of your Son uh, to us. 
Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he became man and dwelt among us. We've just sung the words that the angels sang on the night of his birth. Glory to God in the highest. Peace to men on earth. Come and adore him with wonder, Christ, Lord of heaven and earth. We realize, as as the song also says, that the world fights against the message um, that we are singing about. But help us this evening to consider uh, the message of Christmas. Help us to be amazed by your love uh, for us and the gift that you have given uh, to us. Father, we pray for Ollie as he comes to speak later. We thank you for him. We thank you uh, for the message that you have given him. And we pray that as he teaches us uh, from your word, that we will have our eyes open more uh, to all that you have done for us. Father, we also take time uh, at this time of year to, to think about people across the world who are in, in the middle of a struggle at this time because of poverty or bereavement or illness or persecution. And we ask that you will meet people's needs, that you will bring hope, that you will bring joy in the midst of their darkness. And we commit them to you this evening. Father, we ask that you will be with us tonight and that you will help us um, to bring glory to you as we worship and as we celebrate the Lord Jesus. And we pray for all uh, the things that will happen over the next uh, couple of weeks, Lord, that we will keep you uh, at the center and remember uh, what Christmas is all about. We thank you uh, for the gift of Jesus to us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we're going to uh, sing again, um, and we will uh, remain seated for this one. It's Silent Night, Emmanuel, and then after that, uh, there will be a reading and another song, O Holy Night, uh, which uh, uh, will be sung for us. So let's, uh, let's remain seated and sing uh, Silent Night, Emmanuel.
Our first reading today will be from the book of Isaiah, chapter 9. Um, if you can turn to your Bibles, to the book of Isaiah, it's on page 573 on the Pew Bibles. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2 to 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampling warrior in battle tumult, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is the word of the Lord.
Thank you very much uh, to the guys for that. Um, some announcements uh, just to bring to you. Uh, hopefully you'll have got one of these little cards. Um, over there, uh, there'll be some available in the foyer if you haven't got one yet. Um, it's called The Gift, and it is our series of uh, Christmas events in the, in the Crescent over the next couple of weeks. Um, next Sunday uh, at 11 o'clock in the morning, there will be family carols. Uh, so please come along next Sunday. And uh, Christmas Eve uh, at 7.30, it's always a special carol service here uh, at Crescent, so please come along uh, at 7.30. On Christmas Day itself, uh, there's a family uh, time together at 10.30 in the morning. So pick up one of these uh, little leaflets uh, today and come along to the events. Uh, One thing to highlight tonight is that after the the service, there will be uh, refreshments that will be served in the foyer and down at at the sides in the main church here. There's no cafe uh, down at the back, so please stay here or or go out to the foyer after the service. Also, also want to highlight um, a special event that we're running in January called Inquiry, and we're going to watch a short video now um, that just highlights uh, what Inquiry is all about. I'm sure if you're anything like me, this time of year is really busy for you. You probably have a whole checklist of things to do, and every day you're concerned about that all-important present to buy a Or maybe you've hit the pause button and you're wondering what's all this about. The reckless spending, the endless partying, the feisty political debates. Is there any more than this? Maybe you've started asking the deep questions. Is there more to life than this? And maybe you're even thinking about this ancient faith of Christianity and investigating it for yourself. If you have questions regarding the credibility of the Bible, or questions around whether Christianity is anything more than just a psychological crunch, we'd love you to come along to an event we're running here at Crescent Church in January. Inquiry is an event hosted at Crescent Church on the 15th and 22nd of January. We're going to have a guy called Dr. Paul Coulter. He's a theologian and medical doctor coming along to address some of those big questions. This is an event for people of faith and of no faith. We'd love you to come along and bring a friend. You're really, really welcome. So Wednesday, the 15th and 22nd, really important topical questions. Please uh, come along uh, to those. Uh, our speaker who you saw in the uh, video there is Ollie Neal. Ollie will come along later. Ollie uh, is our youth and young adults worker uh, in, in the church here and uh, is heavily involved in, in the different programs that go on. So he will be uh, our speaker later on. We're going to stand and sing again um, the, the words of Emmanuel. And after that, there will be another musical piece and then Ollie will come to speak to us. So let's stand and sing Emmanuel.
and too far out of reach. Somewhere in your silence night, heaven hears the song, your broken heart has cried. Hope is here, just lift your head for love has come to Good evening to you all. I also want to extend a very warm welcome to everyone. It's so great uh, to see you all here tonight, uh, to have you all with us, particularly if you've never been along to Crescent Church before. You're so, so welcome, and we'd love you to stay afterwards and and chat with us and and get to know us here a bit better. Um, But it's really great to see you. I just want to start by reading a few words, and, and you might recognize them. It's Christmas time. There's no need to be afraid. At Christmas time, we let in light and we banish shade. I wonder who recognizes those words. It's from the 1984 Band-Aid hit, Do They Know It's Christmas? The charity supergroup, which included the likes of Bob Geldof, Bono, Sting, and a whole host of others, 
recorded uh, this classic song, and I'm sure it's a song many of you now associate with Christmas. You almost get tired hearing it on the radio over this period, don't you? A few verses later, the song goes, There's a world outside your window, and it's a world of dread and fear. And I was actually quite surprised as I thought a little bit more deeply about these words. You often don't do that with kind of pop songs, do you? Just reflect on the words of it. And I wondered, why does Christmas time mean there's no need to be afraid? That's quite a strange way of putting it. Why does Christmas time mean we let in light and we banish shade? What's, what's that about? What is so significant about Christmas that it transforms things to such an extent? Or is there anything so significant about Christmas? I think for many of us, Christmas, Christmas provides us with almost like a little oasis of light. Those dark December days are just broken a little bit by the joys of Christmas. It's a break from our normal routine, isn't it? Friends and family often are reunited. Gifts are shared. Generosity is shown. Often an open fire takes a bit of the chill out of the cold December air. The fairy lights light up those dark, gloomy nights, and we have our fill of delicious, festive food, often far too much. But it's a good time, isn't it? The shops are are decorated with beautiful displays. Uh, Belfast Christmas Market, I can highly recommend the cuisine down there. Uh, Lots of good options. The smell of Dutch pancakes wafting across the marketplace. Maybe a family member's made that long journey home from overseas, and there's that joyful reunion when you see them again. John Denver sang of smiling faces all around. Laughter is the only sound. Memories that can't grow old. Maybe some of you remember the words of Judy Garland. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. From now on, your troubles will be out of sight. Your troubles will be out of sight. That's a big claim for Christmas. But it seems for many of us, and I realize it's not the case for everyone, Christmas seems a little bit like an Instagram filter on normal life. Everything seems slightly better at Christmas. Maybe we feel loved a little more than normal. Maybe there's that sense of relief at being home in a familiar place with familiar Christmas routines. I don't know about in your family, but in my family, the same discussions would happen every year. Would you get one big present or a few little presents? Would there be stockings this year? I'm still uh, trying to get a stocking at 27. Uh, just a shout out to Rachel. Um, yeah, that's that's uh, on her list. Um, do we have Christmas dinner at lunchtime or in the evening? One year I remember we went uh, rogue in our family and had it on Christmas Eve, and I still haven't fully recovered from that. I don't know what happened that year. But we have all these traditions, all these ways of doing things, Do we open one present at a time, or do we just all bundle in? I don't know what the routine is in your family. But it's familiar, isn't it? And we like it. We enjoy the familiarity of it. But here's the thing, and I think this is significant. Christmas often isn't what it's cracked up to be. Often it's not as wonderful as these songs seem to make out. For some, the joys of maybe childhood Christmases have been forever tainted by tragedy, by realism, maybe by family breakdown, by the death of a loved one, by a health crisis. And January always comes round again, doesn't it? The long dark nights, the grey days, 
the gloom no longer pushed back by the twinkle of fairy lights. Maybe we've, we've overeaten, we have to start our gym routines. No more festive tunes. And the hope of spring feels pretty far off. It's back to the reality of exams for some of us, back to the, the drudgery of the commute to work and all the bills that have accumulated over the festive period. Christmas joys are often pretty short-lived. Apparently, there are 25% more deaths on the 6th of January than the daily average. The 8th of January is apparently the most popular day in the UK for divorce proceedings to begin, while the third Monday in January is known as Blue Monday, supposedly the gloomiest day of the year. Apologies for making you all feel a little gloomy. But all this to say that the light, the oasis of light that Christmas seems to bring, well, it tends to be pretty fickle, doesn't it? And it tends not to last. And I think that's a problem. I think it's a problem because Christmas seems to awaken within us a yearning after something. I think the the songs I've quoted point to that. A yearning to experience a life without fear, a life without dread, without any anxiety or darkness whether that be depression or addiction or financial turmoil or anything else. But our yearning, our longing, never quite seems to find fulfillment. I believe the good things about our 21st century Christmas celebrations point us to something more, to something better. And I think that is the true meaning of Christmas. So I want to ask just for a moment if we could look beyond the tinsel, the fairy lights, the food, the presents. Look beyond all these things and examine the reality of that first Christmas. In a sense, let's look to the source of all those good gifts. C.S. Lewis, who is one of your own here in Northern Ireland, puts it like this. He says, let's allow our minds to run back up the sunbeam to the sun. And I love that expression. There's a couple of verses in Luke's account of the Christmas story in the Bible which help us do just that. The verses record the words of a man by the name of Zechariah. And he describes the coming of Jesus into the world in this way. He says, Because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. I think those words are are beautiful. And I think those verses tell us what Christmas is really all about. Christmas is about God showing us tender mercy. God looked down at our world and he saw the mess we were in. He saw the darkness of our circumstances, the fact that we lived in this constant fear of death, churned up by many anxieties. And when God looked, he saw that that darkness was also inside of us, in our hearts. You know, it's true, when we look at ourselves, we we hurt others. I hurt others. I'm unfaithful. We don't live up even to our own standards, do we? Let alone God's. Yet, God cared. Yet, God cared. And though we don't deserve his tender mercy... And though he dwells in this unapproachable light, the Bible says, he cared and he longed to shower us with this tender mercy. He longed to shower us with his kindness. 
I love thinking about that phrase, tender mercy. Think of a a mother gently cradling her child, wrapping her arms around her sobbing child, who in disobedience has hurt himself, climbing on the furniture. That's the picture here. God wants to show us kindness. He sees us stuck in the darkness. He sees our disobedience, and it hurts him. It hurts him, but he still longs to show us tender mercy. And how does he do that? How does he show us that kind of mercy? Well, this is the mind-blowing thing about Christmas. In Jesus Christ, God himself steps down into the darkness. And the Bible claims he floods that darkness with his light. The Lord Jesus Christ, the rising sun from heaven, brings light to those sitting in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. So God doesn't stay distant and detached from us. This is the staggering claim of Christianity. No, God instead becomes one of us. He puts on the very flesh he created to make it possible for us to have unbelievable peace. Peace of mind and peace with God. But at first glance, I'm sure you know The biblical account of Christmas seems far from one of light and peace. We have a teenage pregnancy. We have the shame and the embarrassment that brought in in their culture. Imagine the scorn and distrust that Mary must have faced, the judgmental glances, the gossip, despite her innocence. And in the midst of all this trauma, Mary and Joseph are forced to leave their hometown and travel on this 80-mile journey to Bethlehem. And when they arrive, they don't even have anywhere to stay. The Bible says the guest room wasn't even available. In effect, they're homeless, they're refugees, and the only accommodation they seem to find is this this, uh, animal shelter, in effect. And that's where Mary goes into labor. You know, we often... I look at this story and romanticize it, but this is the reality of the events. Imagine the stress of having to give birth in those conditions, the conditions, the smells, the cold, and then having gone through the excruciating pain of childbirth, having, having to lay that child in an animal's feeding trough. The rough straw scratching his soft Skin, And she looks down at that little boy born into adversity, born into poverty. And she probably thinks, how can that be God? How can that be the Son of God? But yet here is the light of the world. Here is God's tender mercy personified. Staggering, isn't it? And as Jesus grew, he knew what it was to weep at the tomb of a friend, to be mocked to be betrayed, to be cold, to be alone. He knew all these things. And I think that is one of the reasons why I have such confidence in God as a Christian. He understands life in a world of darkness. He's faced it. He's confronted it head on. He hasn't remained detached and distant. But maybe you're, you're still sitting here tonight and you're thinking, how does this apply to me? How is this relevant to me in Belfast at the end of 2019? Maybe for you tonight, the real darkness is inside your own head. You're trapped maybe in the grip of anxiety or depression. 
Maybe you do feel a sense of, of hopelessness tonight, a sense of loneliness and a sense that no one understands that pain. Or maybe you feel like all this Christmas hype, well, it's all just a bit pointless. William Shakespeare put it like this, life's but a walking shadow, a poor player that struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is heard no more. It is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing. Is that all life is? Is there not something more? Here's a massive claim that Christians make. Not only did Jesus face the darkness, so he understands your pain and struggles, no matter how alone you feel tonight. But he also triumphed over the darkness. The Bible tells us that at just 33 years of age, Jesus hung in the darkness, nailed to a wooden cross. And he died in agony. He died for the darkness in our own hearts, in my heart, in your heart. Something the Bible calls sin. So that you can know his light and peace. He faced the darkness so you can have his light. His death and resurrection make it possible for each one of us to have glorious, wonderful peace with God, to have Jesus come and, and live within you by his spirit. It sounds strange, but that's the reality of what God wants for you. The claim is that not only did God in Jesus Christ come from heaven to earth, descend to this poverty, but he wants to make his destination, his home, in your heart and life. The final book of the Bible, in the final book of the Bible, Jesus says these words, and I love these words. He says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. That's what Jesus wants. He wants friendship with you. I love that idea of sitting down and eating with someone. Think of the close friendship that develops. And Jesus, the man who is God, wants that kind of closeness which with each one of us. That's a remarkable thing. He wants to walk with you through life and into eternity. He wants to, get, he wants to give your life meaning. What a contrast to that Shakespeare quote. He wants to give your life purpose and joy, to allow you to experience the love that our Christmas celebrations sometimes give us a little taste of. He wants you to experience that in its fullness. He wants to come into a mind maybe tortured by anxiety or trapped in the cave of depression and dwell there to bring comfort and peace. No, I I think this is a really important point. Becoming a Christian, it's not about accepting a set of rules to live by. That's not what it's about at all. At its heart, becoming a Christian is about a relationship. A relationship with the one who created you. A relationship with God. And you know, there's a warmth that comes with that relationship that no amount of cozy Christmas fires even comes close to. The warmth of knowing Jesus personally as your saviour knowing his forgiveness, understanding his goodness, his kindness, even in times when the suffering seems almost unbearable. Knowing him as the Lord of your life, and because you know him, having a hope 
beyond death itself. The world outside is dark. We see that on the news almost every day, don't we? It is a world of dread and fear, as Band-Aid put it. And our minds can be filled with that dread and that fear also. But the claim of, of Christianity, the claim of the Bible is this. If you let Jesus into your heart and life this Christmas, he will flood it with his light. Psalm 23 puts it like this. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Jesus wants to walk with you this Christmas. He wants to show you this tender mercy. He doesn't want you to be afraid any longer, even of that ultimate enemy that is death. So as you enjoy all the good things that Christmas brings, and there are many of those, will you look beyond them? Will you, if you like, look up the sunbeam to the rising sun who visited us from heaven? The Bible claims he stands and knocks at the door of your heart. And the question is, for each one of us, will we let him in? Thank you, Ollie. Uh, We're going to stand uh, and sing one final hymn uh, together. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare hymn room. And we'll stand uh, after the introduction. And then Ollie will close in prayer.
close our time in prayer. Heavenly Father, our world is dark. Our world at times is very dark indeed. But Heavenly Father, thank you for the wonderful truth of Christmas, that into that world of darkness you brought light. The light of the world, the Lord Jesus Christ, stepped down into darkness that we might know peace. And I just pray, Lord, each person in this room might know that peace this Christmas time. Peace with you, God, and the joy and delight that that brings. We pray this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.